This message was presented through a partnership between GYC and GYC Europe at the 2012 conference in Linz, Austria. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. So I want to wish all of you welcome to this uh, seminar. It's called Sharing Divine Words with Human Hearts. I hope you're on the right place. Uh, my name is Dan Miljares. I'm from Sweden, working at a, a Swedish or Scandinavian TV station called Lifestyle TV, where we are broadcasting via satellite and internet. The Adventist message throughout all of Scandinavia. We're reaching millions uh, through this uh, technology. It's some rewarding work, and that's uh, where I am as a TV host and presenter and communication director of Lifestyle TV. So for the last six years, I've been uh, working with, I've been a Bible worker, both for the Swedish Church uh, Union and for Lifestyle TV. And now, six, seven years after I started with that, I'm at Lifestyle TV full-time. This uh, It's a supporting ministry to the church. So I will share a little bit about uh, my experience, about what God has taught me in the topic, sharing divine words with human hearts. I hope this will be practical. It will be... Uh, inspiring, and uh, my aim is that all of us will go from GYC Europe to be able to be engaged in this uh, uh, ministry of sharing the Bible with ours, with others. That's my prayer. So before we start, let's have a word of prayer, then let's jump directly into this uh, topic. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for bringing all of us here, for giving us your word. Now, Father, we pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to all of us in this room and to those listening to this message, that we will be more efficient and inspired to share your word with others. That's my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, about seven years ago, I was converted through a friend sharing the Bible with me. I was working at Volvo Cars in Sweden, and I looked around me in my life, and I just said, isn't life more than this? Isn't life more than just earning my money, having the respect for my family and friends? So I got in contact with Bible studies, personal Bible studies. A friend of mine just opened the Bible, and for the first time in my life, I found fulfillment in my life. So I started to do that. This is six, uh, seven years ago. I started to do the same thing. I started to share the Bible with others. And I remember when God called me to full-time ministry. Uh, we went to a youth uh, rally, and I brought some of my friends that I studied with from the university and my co-workers at, at uh, this company I worked at. I brought six of them to this youth conference in Sweden, and the preacher made an appeal, and I bowed down praying for my friends that I studied with and brought there. I just asked God simply, Father, speak to them, speak to their hearts in the same way as you spoke to me once. Now, when I opened my eyes and I saw the people that have answered the altar call, I saw five of my six friends standing there, giving in their hearts to Jesus. Since that day, that has been my fulfillment and my ministry and my aim in my life. And God has just led me and taught me 
a lot of things throughout these last six, seven years, of which some I will share together with us today. Now, to give Bible studies or to share the Word of God, it needs some preparations. So we will go through some preparations in doing this efficiently. We'll go through the actually Bible study, how to share, what to say, and what to not say. We will have some practical tips on what to do and what to not do. Uh, that will be the first uh, session or the first about an hour, I think, uh, in this seminar. Then we will have a short break. Then we will continue and talk more about the reaching the hearts. Uh, giving Bible studies, sharing the Word of God, is more than just sharing information. It's more than just knowing what to say. It's knowing how to say it. It's knowing how to reach hearts. It's knowing how to cooperate with the Spirit of God in this work. And that's what we're going to look into in the second part of this um, seminar uh, after the short break. But let's start with the preparations. Um, let's first look at some Bible verses that will inspire us. This is what I experienced uh, seven years ago. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but by imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. Now, according to the Bible, in this verse, what is it that makes us being born again? In this verse, how are we born again? By the word of God. Now, that's, we know that the Holy Spirit is there working in our hearts. We will talk about that in the second part of this. But here, the Bible uplifts the important part of conversion that there is actually power in the word of God to change a human person. I believe all of us in this room have experienced that. Conversion experience. And maybe you have also experienced that in some of your friends or family members. And now we're here together to be more efficient in helping others to have the same experience that we have through this personal relationship with Jesus. Now in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, encouraging words, God says to us, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall accomplish with that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. God simply says, when my word goes out there, when you share in a Bible study, when you preach, when we at Lifestyle TV send out through internet and through satellite TV, the word of God, it will have an effect. It will accomplish what God sent it out to do. I believe the core of every outreach activity and evangelistic effort in the Seventh-day Adventist Church should be based on sharing the Word of God. Now, let's go into the preparations in how to do this in a practical, personal level with others. We need some preparations. I believe that the first thing all of us should do when you go home from GYC to your local church, to your school, to your family, wherever you go, find someone that wants to do the same thing with you. Find a partner. Find someone like-minded. Find uh, what I call a prayer partner to bring with you. Go out two by two. Um, Ecclesiastes, 
verse, chapter 4 and verse 9 and 10 says, Two is better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. I have experienced that when I go out by myself sharing Bible studies, it can be hard. Sometimes they ask a question, and I don't know the answer. So I get afraid. I get nervous. And I say, oh, I don't want to do this again. And uh, when someone says, won't you come with me on outreach? I say, no, I better stay home. I, don't, uh, I feel afraid of going out there. But if I do it together with someone, if I go out, like yesterday, 700 young people going out together, we are inspired, encouraged, because we are more. Uh, we, are, we have a friend. We go two by two, or we have someone to help us up when I fall. Find that friend. And even though that friend might not have the same inspiration as you, take him, her with you anyway. <laughs> I go out uh, with my wife several times. Uh, she goes with me. She's a girl. <laughs> I'm a man. And that's something I would recommend, because then the people that you meet will have someone to have an easier way of, of um, connecting with, right? Because all, everyone you meet is either a girl or a man, right? <laughs> so uh, normally. Now, um, I actually have a story about that, but I'll, I'll wait for that. Anyway, so uh, just a practical tip. Go two by two. Find uh, someone that you trust, someone that, that uh, will, will help you be an inspiration. Uh, like me and my wife, we go out together and do these things. You have different roles. One of you will do the actually sharing of the Bible study. The other one will do the, what I call prayer partner, the one that sits there, observe, silently pray, support where, when I fall, and take notes. Those notes I would recommend that you, after the Bible study, give to your friend. Uh, we'll come into more of this um, review material and different Bible study um, courses and different things. And I'll tell you why I recommend to, to, to write something by yourself and give it to them. Remind me about that when we talk about different Bible studies. But anyway, that's the different roles that you have, uh, of, that I do when I go out giving Bible studies. Make sure that you have that partner and have someone that um, uh, take notes and uh, help you when you fall. Something else you will want to do in the practical preparation, after you have found your partner, you need to, in some way, especially if you do full-time Bible work, maybe you won't do that, but I would recommend this anyway. Find some way to keep a record of uh, the ones that you meet and, and study with. That means you, you, you want to write down at least three different things, personal information about your friend or your Bible study contact, uh, number two, you will write down, you'll want to write down the studies that you have had with that person and how they responded to that study. And the third part I write down is testimonies and experience that I've had with that person. I would recommend that, this, uh, that you do these things because especially when you have maybe 20 people, if you do full-time Bible work, 20 people, it might be easy to uh, confuse them. Was that the family with the bird or with the dog? And, and you come there and you say, so how's your dog? And they say, I don't have a dog. <laughs> and So how's the bird? Well, I don't have a bird. <laughs> and you, you, So you, try, you, you want to remember these things. This is just to remember and to get to know them better. 
that's why I recommend to write down the personal information, like contact information, where they live and all of these things, you know that. Family information, if, uh, if um, that's of any interest. Uh, other interests and hobbies that they have. Anything that would help you in getting to know them and um, remember the person that you're trying to minister to. Uh, that's my recommendation. And of course, important, the Bible study that you have had with them, so you don't do the same thing twice <laughs> or, or, or other things. Now this is if you, basically this is, this is if you do full-time Bible work, because normally you won't have a week with 20, 30 Bible studies if you do only do this part-time. I would still recommend you to write these things down, and especially the last part, with the uh, testimonies and experience that you have had from them. Now find a good way of keeping record of this um, and uh, find a partner, do this preparation. And another important part that will come into now is the personal preparation of your own heart. Uh, let's look at that. Personal devotion. You need to have a, a personal relationship with God uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, I believe, in order to be efficient in sharing that relationship with others. Um, some people ask me, how do you get so many people to study the Bible with? What do you do? Do you do door-to-door -door work? Do you do um, health evangelism? What do you do? I simply say, and, and uh, to friends that ask that, there's one core principle that you should follow if you want to find people to study the Bible with, and that is what I have written here. Live the Word of God to create an interest in the Word of God. Basically, have a relationship with Jesus and try to find opportunities to invite people around you to study the Bible with you. I was uh, sitting, eating dinner with my wife's family. And all of a sudden, there were someone banging on the door like this. And in comes the neighbor of my wife's uh, uh, family. Uh, they, she comes in and she's screaming and crying. She says, this doesn't work. I can't take this anymore. And she says uh, that she has a terrible relationship with her daughter. Now... I wanted to help her, but I stood there and I was thinking, what shall I do? Uh, I don't have a teenage daughter, so I can't give any advice. But all of a sudden, a verse in the Bible struck me. I think this is in Proverbs chapter 14, where it says, a soft answer, what, can you continue that? Turns away wrath. Thank you. Is that chapter 14 in Proverbs? I think so. Check that out for me. Um, anyway, I remember that, that verse and I just simply said, because that had helped me, I come from a home of uh, a broken family with divorces and different, anyway, conflicts of backgrounds. That helped me when I became a Christian, came home to my family, I tried to live by that principle because I love Jesus and I love my family. So I said this to her. I didn't bring up the Bible. I didn't quote. I didn't say, you need conversion, listen to this. I said this, friend, something that has helped me is to, when your daughter or when someone is angry and um, behaving in a bad manner towards me, I try to show them love. I try to not behave like they do. That has helped me. Maybe you should try that with your daughter. 
a week later, I was sitting there in the same room eating dinner, and on the door we hear, boom, 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 bang, boom, and in comes this neighbor, same person. She says, this doesn't work. It, I can't take it anymore. And she, then she see me, and she says, you, what you said, it works, but it is so hard. <laughs> Then I, we talk a little bit, I give something else, another uh, uh, concept practical, uh, of practical Christianity to her. And after that discussion, this neighbor says this, Don, are you a psychologist? Now this is my opportunity. Now I can say, no, I'm not. But I know someone that knows every human being and how they work and how relationships should work for the best. And then I can point her to the divine word because now, listen now, now she is open to receive that word. Did you follow that? Now her heart is open for that. Now it's not me knocking on a door. Now it's not me meeting someone and just trying to argue with them and say, hey, study the Bible, you need God. Do you follow me? Now it's not me. Listen, I have taken the first step. I've taken the initiative of sharing the word of God, right? I'm not just sitting there and just waiting and don't saying anything. But I have been there and I've shared the word of God. And now she wants to know where does these principles come from that actually works in my life. Do you follow that? And now she's open to that. When you share the Bible, and when you are trying to find interest in Bible uh, studies, live the Word of God to create an interest in the Word of God. That's my counsel to you. That comes from the personal devotion time that you have with Jesus. That comes from you follow biblical principles. People will see a difference in your life they will get interested in what you know and what guides your life. And you will have the opportunity to invite them to say, hey, this actually comes from my faith. This comes from my relationship with a God. And there you will have the opportunity to invite them to give a Bible study. Personal preparation is so important. Prayer, of course. Not only that you have your personal devotional time reading the Bible and praying, but you, that you pray for your friends. And not only just before the study. Sometimes it's like um, I only think about my friend that I've studied the Bible with just before the scheduled time. Do you follow that? Uh, I, but I have noticed that in my preparations for ministering to this person, if I pray throughout the week for this individual, that will make me more efficient when I actually sit there sharing the Word of God because I have a love for them. I know their needs. I've been praying for them. They are a part of my life. They have a part in my heart. And now I'm there and trying to help them. So I recommend you pray for your friends. I remember in the beginning when I started to share the word of God, the Bible. Uh, basically, the, only thing, the, the one thing I shared was the only thing I knew from the Bible. <laughs> but I was so excited, so I ran around among my uh, co-workers and my, my um, um, uh, student uh, apartment there and knocked on doors and said, have you ever read this book? And I remember the f the, I, I just shared the Bible with them, just information, never prayed with them. I, I never thought about that. No one taught me how to 
give Bible study. I didn't know the concept of, of Bible work at all. But God blessed by His mercy. Uh, but um, when I started to pray, I remember specifically when I did that. It was a girl that I helped. We studied the Bible together. We never prayed before. I never prayed for her. I just didn't think about that. But I thought, wait, God has answered my prayers several times. Maybe if I pray for her, he will answer those prayers too, right? <laughs> and help her. And not only that, what I did was when I had the Bible studies with her, I sent a text message to four other friends and said, hey, we're studying the Bible, would you pray for us? From that moment, from that first Bible study, when I started to pray, things started to happen. It changed directly. Today she's a baptized Seventh-day Adventist, leaving drugs and bad habits behind her, and now she has a saving relationship with Jesus. But listen, don't work in your own strength. Invite, invite God. Pray for your friends. Personal preparation, devotional time, prayer, and of course, uh, to know the facts, to know the Bible study. I used to go through the Bible study, even though I have shared it hundreds of times. Before the Bible study, I used to just take it up, look through my notes, read some verses from, that, from the Bible, and just prepare myself to know what to share. And every time I'm blessed. Every time that helps me because I know I, I get back to the first uh, experience of when I first saw this topic, when I first understood what this means for my relationship with Jesus. So a practical tip, before the Bible study, read it through, prepare yourself, know the facts, know the information. You cannot share what you do not have, right? If you don't, don't have an apple, you can share that. Uh, make sure that you have that in order to be able to share that. The same way with the relationship with Jesus. If you do not have a saving relationship with Jesus, you cannot give that to someone, right? So personal preparation, very important. Now, let's go into the, to the Bible study and what to share. Um, preparing this study, you want to find a good plan of what topics and what Bible studies to share with your friends. Now, as you might know, there are several different um, resources that you can get there. You just find them. Uh, uh, go to your local church. Go to your conference and see what they have. Ministries like Amazing Facts, I use uh, their studies. Uh, another thing called Lifting Up Jesus, a great set of, of Bible studies. Google for these things. Just find a good set that you like and, uh, or write your own Bible studies. That's what I do. I actually also write specific Bible studies for for individuals on the same topic, because we'll come into that, but it's so important to see where that person is and try to meet their needs. Uh, so if you look in my computer, I will have uh, topics like, let's look through a Bible plan. This is what I use. Basically, what you want to find is a good set of Bible studies that share the Advent message uh, with your friends. So what I have is... Uh, start with the Word of God, great controversies, salvation, and so on, as you can see on this list. And in my computer, you will find files that are named like this. The Word of God for Therese. The Word of God for Adrian. Because sometimes I want to focus on something special. 
So I prepared through prayer and Bible study a special Bible study for individuals because they have different needs. That is an important thing. Meet them where they are. Even though you have a set of Bible studies and a plan like this, don't be so stuck to that plan that you cannot meet their needs and their questions that they have. I do that several times. I, seldom, I, th I don't think maybe some of the first Bible contacts I had, but rarely, seldom, I go through just topic by topic as on a list like, like this. Very seldom. Um, normally, the first Bible study in, in secular Sweden um, will be basically maybe one verse that I share with them, and then we just discuss and talk about God, about faith, about my testimony and these things. And then, then when they have that interest, I say, let's meet again and let's go into an actual study. Do you follow that? Now try to find their, where they are, what level of spirituality they are, and meet their needs. I remember one, one guy, I knocked at his door, we started to talk, he invited me there, he was what he called himself a white witch. He had a spiritual interest and also somewhat into Christianity because during full moon, he prayed to Mary. And he had a black cat that he loved. That was his brother, he said, reincarnated. Anyway, that was his kind of worldview and his kind of beliefs. And... I was thinking, because he was interested in meeting again, so I was thinking, how do I start with this guy? What do I share? Um, state of the dead, occultism? <laughs> shall I go into uh, great controversy? What shall I do with this guy? And I was thinking, he really loves animals. He loves that cat. So what I did, I, I believe God led me. I prepared a Bible study about how God relates to animals. A wonderful thing. This was the first Bible study I gave him. It was not how to trust the Bible, the, 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 something like that. It was just, we sat down and we opened our Bibles. He shared, uh, I, I borrowed him, uh, I, I lent him out um, a Bible. And, and we just looked through the Bible, how God relates to animals. And this built such a great trust in the Bible and me, that after that we continued for several weeks to study topics like this. And that's the practical tip I want to give you. See where they are. Meet them. And when you have the question what to share, find a good set of Bible studies like this, but try to minister to their specific needs um, and build trust. Uh, here are some examples of what I sh share with people when, when I have time, uh, when, when I see it's fitting. Uh, things like how to know uh, that God answers my prayer. Things like how do I know the will of God in my life? Uh, how do I surrender my life to God? How do I find a life partner? How do I resist temptations and how to deal with fear? How do I know uh, what's a good recreation, things like this, pr practical Christianity, throw them in there in your set of Bible study uh, plan uh, when you see it's fitting, and this will just help you and that uh, person a lot in, in, in gaining trust in the Bible and finding these things that actually 
apply to your personal life and work and, and, and principles that, that, you will, that um, they will just have that question as this lady had, the neighbor of my wife's family, where does this come from? Where does this come from? So you would have the preparation done now. You have a partner. You have some good way of keeping record of the friends that you meet. You have found a good set of Bible study. Maybe written it yourself. Uh, you have uh, prepared your heart through morning devotions, prayer for your friends. And about this time, God would have sent someone into your life that is ready to have the first Bible study. Trust me. Uh, and you, ha- you, you are prepared to schedule a time and start doing these things. So we come into the practical aspects of actually sharing the Word of God, giving the Bible study. Practical tips, time and place. I would recommend you that you meet once a week uh, for about 30 to 60 minutes uh, and uh, schedule that up with your friend. People don't have much time today, did you? know that? <laughs> so if you meet them for, if you have a Bible study of two or three hours, the next time we want to schedule a Bible study, they will say, mm, I don't have two, three hours this week. But if you are there for 30 minutes or maximum uh, an hour, they will say, yeah, I'll squeeze that in. And it was actually a good experience last week. So let's do that. So that's my, my tip. Keep it, keep it to, to something like this. Of course, I've done, I've breaking these rules many times. Sometimes we have studied for half a day with people. But let the, the Spirit of God lead you. Try to follow some of these practical tips. It, it's normally the, what's, what helps. Find a good study environment. Um, that means to rather sit by the, by the kitchen table than uh, in the couch in front of the TV where they are used to sleeping, right? <laughs> because uh, they will fall asleep and is comfortable. But if you sit at the... It, it, those of you that are students, you know that it's, it's uh, easier to sit in and, and focus in uncomfortable chairs than in comfortable ones, right? <laughs> uh, because you need to sit and be uh, alert. Sit at the kitchen table, I would recommend. I normally sit in a 90-degree angle. You'll think I'm crazy, but this is just chair by some practical tools here, practical tips. Why? Because then you're kind of on the same, um, you're kind of communicating psychologically that you are equal. Do you follow that? I'm next to you. We're on the same journey together. Uh, I sit here and also practical reasons. Here's uh, my friend's Bible. Here is my Bible. I can just easily turn and show where to find the things. And I can show from my Bible much easier. And we have the study material up here and just show like this. Just do that. And others, if you sit, because... I found out that it feels quite, sometimes can be uncomfortable if the person sits right in front of you. If it's a guy, and I'm a guy, we are confronting each other. Now here am I, there are you, let's fight, okay? If it's a girl, it's like we're on a date. Like, okay, let's, uh, do you follow me? So try to make it uh, a good environment, and I would recommend this 90 degree angle. Then I have my wife here, or even here also, your prayer partner in a 90-degree angle, okay? So just some practical tools and when you sit down there, just to help you to be more efficient and to be uh, more comfortable in, in, the, in the aspect of sharing divine word with human hearts.
time and uh, place. Now, let's go into the actual study. We will have a good structure on our Bible study of 30 minutes or 60 minutes that we want to follow. This is what I follow. It's five steps of, of a Bible presentation or Bible study or, for that matter, a, a public speak or a sermon. Uh, skip up, up, um, with the first, first step in this study structure would be the short social talk or small talk that we do because we want to get to know our friends. Uh, do that before the study, not after the study, and make that short. So you basically get to know them and what their needs are. Be a good listener. Ask questions. Let them speak. How was your week? Uh, how, how has it gone with the decision you, we made together last week? Ask those kind of questions so you get to know the progress and the questions and where they are in this work together with them. Have that short talk in maybe like maximum five minutes before we start with actually Bible study. Um, then, of course, an introduction. This is how I do. I do the small talk, the social talk, and then uh, I have the introduction. That's basically what is this. You just tell them what we're about to study. So you sit down and you, it's basically a sentence to say, so today we're going to study about the law of God. So today I've prepared a Bible study about this great conflict uh, that we experience uh, between good and evil. Let's look into that. So this, that's just that introduction of what you're going to share. Basically share, uh, say what, um, tell what you're going to tell them. Uh, my wife is a teacher, and she will tell you that in teaching, uh, it's good to um, follow a principle. Maybe, do you have any teachers in here? Yeah, we have some here. Maybe you will uh, support this. Uh, before we teach, before we tell them what we want to tell them, oh, sorry, before we tell them, we tell them what we want to tell them. And after we have told them, we tell them what we have told them, right? So we actually repeat three times, but in different ways. For example, I put my booklet here, and I say this. So friends, um, I'm going to pick up that booklet, okay? Now, look, friends, I just picked it up. So did you see that? I picked up this booklet from that table. So do you, do you follow me? So, so uh, what I'm saying is uh, that we are repeating, but in different um, ways. So now everyone in this workshop, they will, you will go out from here. You might not remember what I shared here, but you will remember this. Hey, that guy, Dan, he picked up that book from that table, right? So that's just a tip in sharing and helping your friends to get the message uh, in the introduction, tell them what you want to tell them. Then comes the study where you tell them, where you share the word of God. But before that, prayer, of course. We pray. I want to emphasize this again. <laughs> Don't forget the prayer. Even though you are sitting there with a person that does not even believe in God, just say, tell them, you know, before I open the Bible, I, I'm used to pray. Is that okay that we pray together? You have a word of prayer. Uh, it should be short. It should be to the point, And it should be 
personal, and you should include yourself in the prayer. So this is not the time where you have the long prayer of, okay, let's, so what kind of prayer requests do you have? And then we pray for the leaders of a country and all of these things. This is short. This is where you pray, God, help us to understand your plan of salvation. This is a short prayer of, God, help us to see the blessing from your seventh-day Sabbath through the time that we have together. That's the short prayer that we want to have. So, I have a question here, yeah? Oh, that's, that's actually a good question. Um, she's asking, is, is it good to ask that person to pray? Well, it depends on who that person is, I, I would say. I, I remember one of the first persons I met. By the way, uh, I will leave some time with, with questions in the end of, of, of this um, presentation. And uh, write them down, keep them there, and we will have some uh, dialogue together. Uh, but it's a good question, thank you. Uh, and, and, well, I, I remember the first person I studied with in Sweden, a girl. She was raised in an atheist, uh, secular, normal Swedish family. But she had somewhat an interest in, in the Bible. And, and so we met with her and we started to study. And uh, in the end of that Bible study, well, I prayed that, the, uh, in the beginning. But in the end of that Bible study, I asked her if she wanted to pray. Because I was maybe naive or I had a big faith that now when we have studied the Bible for one hour, she will have a faith in God. <laughs> so I just asked her, so would you like to end with a prayer? And she was like, no. <laughs> and she said, well, I don't even believe in God. Why should I pray? And I was like thinking, Phew, she is in a worse position than I was when I started to study the Bible. When I first started to study the Bible, I believed in what I call a supernatural intellect. There must be some kind of creator behind the world that we live in. But I had no relationship with God. I, I have never read the Bible. I was not a Christian and so I was sitting here with this girl, and I was thinking, why did I ask that question? Why did I ask her to pray? But the only thing I knew was to continue to study the Bible, show my faith, and invite her to be a, uh, a part of our relationship with Jesus. So I continued. I remember the second Bible study. I asked her the same thing. I thought, well, now she got it. So would you like to pray? <laughs> she goes, no. So we continued for months so after almost up, up to a year, we met every week for a year, and I asked her that question, would you like to pray? I just, it just became an internal joke, and we just said, would you pray? So it was like a fun experience, and I was showing my faith, and I invited her to be a part of that. And in the end of that year, I remember that we were studying the Bible, and in the end of the Bible study, I said, so would you like to pray? I bow down, ready to pray for myself because I know the answer. But listen, after a year of Bible study, this girl, I'm sitting like this and I hear these wonderful words. Yes, I would like to pray. And to this day, this is seven years ago, to this day, that is one of the most wonderful and beautiful prayers that I've ever heard. A human being praying for the first time to her creator. She's praying for more faith. She's praying to be able to understand what we're going through. Today, that girl is a baptized Seventh-day Adventist, active in the local church that I attend today. 
That is the power of the Word of God. I did not lure her in there with some juggling or some standing on my hands or playing her favorite music. I just did what changed my heart, and that was to share the Word of God with her. Now, I believe this works. I hope in my, in my prayer, I pray that all of us will have that experience. Not because we are good and we are, uh, we, because we have the power or because we went to this seminar of how to share the Word of God, but because of Jesus, because He can change human's hearts. Okay? So, good question. Thank you. I would say, I would give this tip. Uh, you will get into knowing them, but I would say, uh, if, they are, if you see that they are comfortable in praying, invite them to do that. Otherwise, I would, I would do the prayer. Um, I normally do that m- myself. Um, at least in the beginning of the study to ca- make it short, personal, and to the point. Okay, that's the, the tip of the short prayer. So, social talk, small talk, then introduction, then a short prayer. Then comes the actual Bible uh, study. This is simply uh, a Bible study of um, questions and answers from the biblical text. That's basically a Bible study, as you have seen. If you find one of these materials, it's a, it's a, it's a Bible verse, it's a question to that verse, or maybe even a comment. And then you threw in there, throughout the structure of the Bible study, illustrations, testimonies, to, to, to take these thoughts and these verses to their hearts. Uh, that's basically what the actual study is. So let's take an example of that, okay? It's a couple of few verses. And I would recommend this. You don't need to have 20 verses, and you don't need to have 10 verses. I normally... I, I do some Bible studies that are only like five or six verses. You don't need to throw out the three verses that prove your point, especially not if you work with a secular person that are not, don't, don't have a faith in the Bible and don't have some preconceived ideas about teachings from the Bible. Did you follow that? If they have more questions and when they study by themselves, they will get these three other verses, right? But I would recommend you to make it simple. Make the Bible study simple, logical, um, and uh, practical, appealing to their uh, our life. That's, that's my tip of that. Let's look at an example just to, to just make this very simple. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. So this would be after the social talk, after the introduction, you will say this. So today we're going to look at the plan of salvation. Then we have a word of prayer. God help us to see your wonderful love and your plan for salvation for us. Now, let's look in Genesis chapter 1, and verse 31. Here, in chapter 1, the Bible describes the creation. And God says about his creation in verse 31, and by the way, you would want to take turns in reading the Bible verses. So you would say, I'll start, and I'll, I'll read in verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very Good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. That was the Bible verse. Then you ask the question. So, friend, how does God describe his creation? And you wait for an answer. So you can answer now as my friend. 
It was very good. Then you ask another question, maybe. You say, so friend, would you describe the world that we live in today as a very good place? Perfect. A wonderful place with no problems? Would you describe it like that? No. So then I have a question. What happened? Right? Now let's look what the Bible says happened in chapter 3 of Genesis. So we turn to Genesis chapter 3. So do you follow how we have just a Bible verse? We have some questions. And we go on through our study like that. And you will find this in, I mean, we could take 24 hours here together and go through a Bible, all of Bible says. I normally do that when I go to churches. I spend a week in there and we go through some examples of how I share some Bible topics with illustrations, testimonies, and, and some Bible verses that I use. And we do that together and then we, we go out and find people and we... I take them with me on studies to just help church members and help churches to start having this, this um, um, outreach activity of, of sharing the Word of God. So that's how we do it. And we go, for example, to Genesis chapter 3, and we read about the, the fall of man. And you choose one verse there, maybe when they make the choice, you will basically say, so here humankind gets this choice of either following God or following uh, the serpent here, the devil. Uh, two choices, eat or don't eat. And in verse 7, we see the choice that man did. So when, so, sorry, in verse 6. And now, since I read the first verse, I would ask someone, one of you to read verse 6 for us. That's how you do the Bible study. Take turns in reading. Help your friend to be comfortable in reading the Bible by themselves. So if anyone would please read for us verse 6. In Gen uh, the sixth verse, yes. That's right. Thank you. So you don't need to read all of it. You can just do what I did. Just tell what has happened before. Uh, and you simply say, so here's the story about God and uh, Adam and Eve and the serpent. God is saying, don't eat. Serpent says, eat. And humans need to make a choice. Who do I trust? Do I trust God or do I trust this devil or this uh, serpent? And I asked the question after we have read that verse, so what choice did mankind do? What did Eve or the woman here do? What did he cho she choose? To trust God or trust something else? Well, trust God. Okay, you get the point, right, on how we actually do the Bible study. So do this. Very simple. You don't need to read through a big part and just explain every verse and every word there and get stuck on this old Bible terminology and all of these things. Try to avoid that and share the, 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 the simple, logical, and, and, and comparing Scripture with Scripture of topics to build this picture of what God wants to say concerning this question or whatever it is that you study with them, okay? You will find many good materials out there or write your own things for this. Uh, it should be simple, logical. Uh, I would say fewer verses is better than many verses. I would say this, tied your information. What does that mean? 
that means give 10% of what you know on a topic. Because if you give 100%, and in the end they have a question, how much can you share after that? <laughs> what? Nothing, because you've already shared everything, right? And, and people cannot take 100% of what you know. Okay? People can take that. Uh, so share 10% of what you know, uh, and then you have a lot of 90% of information to share when they have more questions next week you meet or whatever happens. And amazing thing, they will go home and they will study by themselves. They will read and they will find out something else. One of those verses that you were tempted to share, and they will say, hey, Dan, have you seen this? It says here also that, that the only one um, immortal, that is God. And I have not shared that verse, maybe. And, they will, and I'll say, wow, that's amazing, yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful... And you will see how they grow. Do you follow that? Uh, but otherwise, if you have shared just everything, they will, first of all, most probably won't come back to another Bible study because, because you've been sitting there for an hour or two hours and sharing and information. Keep it practical, simple, logical, to the point. Keep to the topic and the purpose of the Bible study. Okay? So... Uh, don't forget the testimonies and illustrations to throw in there. Uh, we didn't do that in our example here, but you can just throw in a, a, an illustration uh, to make it uh, simple uh, or more understanding. This last part of the structure of the Bible study uh, is very important. That is the appeal. Basically, the invitation to take the information that we have shared to their heart. Basically, to help them to make a decision upon the information that we have um, studied together. This is so important. This is not a conclusion. I have written after that conclusion in small uh, letters and then capital appeal because the appeal is so important. If the only thing you do in a Bible study, study is to open the Bible, read a verse, and then make an appeal, that's better than sitting there reading 10 verses for an hour and don't make an appeal. This is where you help them to take that step by step walk together with Jesus towards salvation. Make this appeal, and basically, I will talk more about that in the after this after the short break uh, about the reaching of the hearts. But basically, this should be a, a personal, specific, clear uh, question. Simply to take this to their hearts and follow. Simple question like this: What would keep you, my friend, from honoring the seventh day Sabbath? Then you're quiet. The next uttered word should be your friends. Let God work in the silence. Pray for them and wait for their response. You might be tempted, so after the appeal, you will feel uncomfortable. How will they answer? What will they say? What will I say if they don't answer positively? And you will say, well, you know, you will break the silence and say, well, you know, it's also good to, it, it's also, uh, you can do good things on the Sabbath, and you know all, you follow? It is, Make the appeal and let them make the choice. Let the Spirit of God work. Be silent and wait until they uh, give an answer. That's simply the, the appeal in the end of the, of the Bible, uh, Bible study. We'll talk more about that in, in, the, in the second part of this uh, workshop. 
Um, let's continue to look at some more practical tips. Questions will come. And when questions come, I would recommend you to, do, uh, to heed these uh, uh, tips that I will give you. Don't pretend as if you know, okay? If there is a question and you don't know the answer, don't try to give an answer and try to sound like you know the things, right? <laughs> that will only break down trust. If you are honest and you say, hey, I, don't, I actually don't know. I, I've never thought about that. That's a good question. You'll say this. Well, that's a good question. I actually don't know, but I promise you. I'll look up. I'll go back home, study, and I'll come back, and I promise to, to see if, I can, if we can get the answer together. Okay? And then do that. This is how you grow. Or, you know, uh, if you want to grow spiritually and, and, and in the understanding of the Word of God, go out and share it. Because you, you will get so many questions. You will get into so many situations where you just need to go back to your, uh, uh, to your uh, devotional time on your knees and pray to God and open your Bible and say, God, you need to teach me. You need to help me. Answer these questions for me. Lead me. Teach me your will. How will I reach this person's heart? This is how we grow as Christians in ministry, ministering to others. So, uh, don't pretend as if you, if you know. You say this, uh, this thing. Um, well, I actually don't know, but I will look it up and do that. Or, if is this an answer that you know, and, but it might take too much time, maybe you study something and they ask something about, the, so what about this 666? Or what about this mark of the beast? And you know that you will cover that in uh, Bible studies 10 weeks from now. You, say, you tell them this. Well, that's a really good question, but and 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 I promise I'll prepare a Bible study about that, okay? And because then you also throw out these teasers for them, and they will think, oh, I promised that, and they don't know that it's ten weeks ahead, right? But they will come back to the Bible studies. They will be excited. They will be expecting more things because they have questions, okay? So if it is something like that that will take a lot of time to to cover to answer, don't do that. In the Bible study, stick to the, uh, your plan, stick to your uh, uh, logic, stick to the topic. And, uh, and uh, if it is something that, a question that directly Im, uh, Im, impacts the understanding of that topic, of course, and if, if it's short, deal with that. Just answer it and, and, and um, uh, continue from there. Uh, make sure that they see the answers from the Bible. This is very important. Uh, if they have a question, open your Bible, point them uh, to the Word of God. It's not your own opinion, but we're here to share divine word with human hearts, right? Not your opinions with humans. Uh, so point them to the Bible and, and, and build a trust. Show them that you find your answers from the Word of God. And that's where we together uh, find answers. Last part, very important do not argue. Or oh, we are tempted. I am tempted so many times. So when I sit down there and a question comes, maybe it's an um, uh, opposition to something that we have read or a, a, an understanding of, of the Bible, and they say, hey, I don't believe that. Or they start to argue with you. Do not engage in that. Do not argue with them. Do not argue. You're not there to... to uh, 
argue and say, hey, I believe this, and threw out all of your verses on that person, they threw back. Don't do that. That will just build, break down your relationship and break down your testimony and your witness and, and your efficiency in, in trying to help this person to a relationship with Jesus prepared for his second coming. It will not help. Do not argue. In Testimonies Volume 9, Anna White says this, Often, as you seek to present the truth, opposition will be aroused. But if you seek to meet the opposition with argument, you will only multiply it. And that you cannot afford to do. Hold to the affirmative. Angels of God are watching you, and listen now, and they understand how to impress those whose opposition you refuse to meet with argument. Did you see that? Angels of God are there. If you refuse to meet the person with argument, angels are there. Trust in the help from God. He knows how to reach them, right? Dwell not on the negative points or questions that arise, but gather to your minds affirmative truths and fasten them there by much, much study and earnest prayer and heart, heart consecra conse uh, consecration. This is a counsel that I have found works when you share the Bible with others. Do not argue. Other practical tips uh, before our break here. Keep a positive attitude. We're not there with the attitude of now you, you, you're ignorant, agnostic, atheist. I'm here to teach you the truth. Okay, That's not the attitude. Be a friend. Be loving. Be kind. Whatever they do, say, or how they behave, do not be shocked. Do not be shocked. And people will do whatever things. Maybe just to test you and see how you react. I, I sat down with a backslidden Adventist, and we came in there, and we sat down, and we just uh, wanted to have a... I told him, I just wanted to have a talk. I'm the new Bible worker in this local church, and I just wanted to visit you. People are missing you in church. And we, I went in there, and we talked. And... Uh, this guy, he just leaned back and he, with a smile. Uh, and he was like, okay, let's talk. <laughs> and then he said this, so, uh, do you want some coffee? <laughs> and he took up some coffee and said, here, here, take some. Uh, and, and he took up a, 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 a cigarette and started to smoke inside. And he's like, <sighs> okay, do not be shocked. They might test you just to see how you will react. And just... Uh, behaving, whatever they do, do not be shocked. I remember <laughs> getting this advice before I went out, um, uh, starting to do Bible, uh, being hired as a Bible work, people told me these things. And we, went, we came to a door, me and my, my friend, um, outreach partner, knocked on this door, started to have Bible study with this uh, lady, came back several weeks, and uh, one day we came back to this lady, scheduled Bible study, I knock at the door, and she opens the door, and she does not have a thread of clothes on her. Naked. And I was like, looks in her eyes, and I say, and I think for myself, do not be shocked, do not be shocked. And, <laughs> and, 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 and for, fortunately, my friend is a girl, so, so I just uh, push, push her in the front and say, hey, maybe you should deal with this. Okay. <laughs> so, whatever things will happen, uh, uh, 
show the love of God. Uh, do not be shocked. Don't condemn people. Don't be judgmental in whatever they do. Um, in Minister of Healing, Bible work is an is a amazing work. You will get so many stories and, and, and experiences. Anyway, in, in, in Minister of Healing, page 165, uh, we get this uh, description about the minister of Jesus. It was a continual pain to Christ to, de- to be brought into contact with enmity, depravity, and impurity, but never did he utter one expression to show that his sensibilities were shocked or his refined tastes offended. Did you see that? It was a continual pain for Christ. She continues, what, Whatever the evil habit, the strong prejudice, or the overbearing passions of human beings, he met them with all, the, he met them all with uh, pitying tenderness. As we partake of his, spirit, of, of his spirit, we shall regard all men as brethren, with similar temptations and trials often failing and struggling to rise again, battling with discouragement and difficulties, craving sympathy and help. This is what our friends need. They might come with an argument. They might come with some, some fine thought or, or, or opposition, but they need help. They need to be brought in, into an understanding of the love of God. They need to be, have a friend there that puts out a hand and chose sympathy and guide them towards Jesus. Then we shall meet them in such a way as not to discourage or repel them, but to awaken hope in their hearts. Do not be shocked. Show the love of God. Keep a positive attitude. Be enthusiastic and give them a good experience. You know, many of the ones that I study my bi- the Bible with, they say when I come there, they say, I'm so glad that you're here. This is the best hour of my week. They love it. We have a f- great time. We, we, we laugh together. We pray. We cry together. We grow close. This is an amazing work to share the divine word with human hearts. Give them a good experience. Keep a positive attitude. Some of us, me, I am one of those people. I have a hard time of giving a good first impression, believe me. I need to make an effort of, 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 of giving a good first impression. I need to smile. Because, and I need to use my muscles to do that. It's an, it's, something, it's an effort for me. Normally, when I think, when I'm just neutral, neutral I look like this. Okay. <laughs> My wife tells me, are you, are you sour? Are you, are you bitter? What? And she knows me by now, and she knows that this, that's how I look. So I need to make an effort of, of looking like this. Okay? <laughs> Especially when you do outreach and knock on doors, you need to give that first good expression. I, I know that when I go to Bible studies, and I, if I come there with my hoodie, my broken jeans, and my unshaved uh, chin they will think I'm there to rob them. Believe me, if you saw me when I'm just out jogging or something, you will run away from me. No, anyway, my point is, uh, 
Do whatever you can in your outward expression and your attitude, uh, in your personal preparation of your heart, to just give them uh, a good experience. Uh, break down any chance of, of building up uh, unnecessary walls and barriers in, in, in your work together. Um, uplift the benefits of the study. We're not there to just look at all the, 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 making a list for them and say, this is Christianity, you need to do this, 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 now do this, or you will burn, right? That's not the attitude. Lift up the positives of our relationship with Jesus. I remember, just before the break here, I remember um, being invited to something, in, uh, they called it a panel discussion. Uh, the title was A Discussion Over the Borders. They invited different uh, uh, people from different uh, worldviews. Uh, they had a Catholic, they had a Pentecostal, guy there, uh, Methodist, uh, Muslim, another kind of Muslim, Jew, um, uh, Swedish state church. They had a humanist there in this panel, and they called me and said, hey, we saw you on TV. We want, we want, to, we want to hear if you want to come to, to partake in this panel discussion uh, with other religious people uh, as a representative of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Now, I said, if you want some from the Seventh-day Adventist church, you should call the, the office in, in, Stock, in Stockholm, but I can come and present my faith if you want that. And they said, we want you to come. So I came there. We were sit, sitting there in this panel discussion and discussed different topics. And people came and uh, listened. And I remember how the first um, thing we were about to do was to have a short one-minute presentation of, of our religions, of our faith. And uh, the Muslim guy starts, and he says, well, I'm a Muslim, and uh, I don't do this, I don't do that, and I don't do this, and I can't do that. Okay? Continues to the other type of Muslim. He says, well, I'm a Muslim too, but we, we, in addition to that, we can't do that, and we, this is forbidden, and we can't do that, and we can't do that. And he continues like, like that with the Mormon guy, and, and even the Christians come in there, because... The, Maybe they will caught up in that list of don't do these things if you belong to my religion. And I was sitting there, I was thinking, how could anyone be interested in their religion, right? They're building this list of you can't do this and this is forbidden, all of these things. That is not Christianity, right? What I simply did was to share my one minute short testimony to describe how I have found a relationship with God, a creator of the universe, and how I have experienced that the Bible is the word of God to my soul. And because of my relationship with Jesus, I want to follow wherever he leads me. That was my testimony. Now that might include some of the don't do this, and we do this, but that is not Christianity. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus and that is the essence and the focus of sharing divine word with human hearts. Uplift the positives of the joy from your relationship with Jesus and the biblical uh, teachings. Right? So, make Christ, this is the last thing, make Christ the center of every study 
And the white says, hanging upon the cross, Christ was the gospel. This is our message, our argument, our doctrine, our warning to the impenitent, our encouragement for the sorrowing, the hope for every believer. believer. And now listen to this. If we can awaken an interest in men's, men's minds that will cause them to fix their eyes on Christ, we may step aside and ask them only to continue to fix their eyes upon the Lamb of God. This is our focus. This is, you know, sometimes I think with the people I work with, oh, what happens if I leave this city? What happens if I, I'm not here? Oh, they, no one will teach them. No one will help them. Listen, if I come there with the attitude of leading them to fix their eyes upon Jesus, to find their own personal relationship with Christ, I'm not there to make them believe what I believe, to make them have the faith that I have, but to help them to have the faith of Jesus. Did you follow that? I'm not there to, to change them into behaving like I behave, but to help them to behave like Christ. The focus of sharing divine word with human hearts is to uplift Jesus. In every study, if you do not know how the three angels' message and the doctrines of the Seventh-day Adventist church, every single one of them, are connected and important for your salvation and your personal relationship with Jesus, don't share that topic. Did you follow that? If you don't know how it's connected to salvation and your personal relationship with Christ, don't share that topic. Figure that out. Study with a focus, with a mind fixed upon the Lamb of God and help others to that direction. Okay? Now let's have a, a short break of, of a, let's say, five minutes. Is that okay if we meet here five past four? Is that right? Is that the time? Oh, it's okay, two past four. Okay, let's uh, meet here. Let's, we can make it uh, ten past four. Is that okay for us? Ten past four. Let's meet back here and we'll go into more of the, uh, the appeals, the end, the, the, the cooperating with the Spirit of God, okay? Uh, ten past four. Thanks for this time. And let's, uh, let's dive into the second part of uh, sharing divine words with human hearts. Uh, this is a session talking about the, the cooperation between you and uh, God. Uh, dealing with the reaching their hearts. Uh, we shared some practical tips and, 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 and uh, tools in our first part. Now we'll, we'll go into the more uh, understanding of the Holy Spirit and the conviction and our role as friends uh, in trying to reach people and sharing the Bible with them. Before we do that, let's... And also, in the end of this... We will, we will try to have some time of, of questions from also the first part and also this, what we will go, uh, cover now. So write down your questions and, and be ready with them. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much once again that we can gather here and discuss as, as brothers and sisters 
in Christ, how to share your love to others through your word. We pray, Father, that you will guide us with your Holy Spirit, that we will give, uh, be more efficient and be inspired to be engaged in sharing the divine word with people around us. That's my prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. I would like to invite you to open your Bibles, if you have them with you, to John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, Jesus is involved in sharing the truth to a human being. In John chapter 3, we read about the meeting between Jesus and Nicodemus. And Jesus is here describing the conversion experience uh, step by step in a way that he does not describe in any other occasion in the Bible. Uh, study chapter 3 if you want to know how to share uh, Bible and lead people to salvation through Christ. But he pulls up in verse 8 there an illustration of the working of the Holy Spirit. And let's look at that. In verse 8, uh, Jesus says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus compares the working of the wind with the working of the Holy Spirit. We might not always see the Holy Spirit, but we might see the effects of the Holy Spirit working on a human heart. And that is what you and I, as, as uh, Bible students, as, as, as Christian friends, want to look for when we have a Bible study or a Bible presentation. Look for the, working, the, the, the effects of the working of the Spirit of God. And there's your chance to help them to make the right decision. We'll go more into that. Let's continue just to look at some uh, more Bible verses here. In John chapter 16, again Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit according to John 16 and verse 8 again. Uh, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will do three things. In John chapter 16 and verse 8, Jesus, speaking about the Holy Spirit, says, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. What three things will the Holy Spirit convict the world of, according to that verse? Three things. So that is basically sin, what's wrong, righteousness, what's right, and judgment, the consequences of either choosing right or wrong, right? Uh, that's simply what the, whole, the work of the Spirit is. And everyone in this room and everyone listening to this message have once in your time experienced that. That is that small vo voice speaking to your conscience, saying to you, this is what you ought to do. This is what you should not do. Uh, and not only to us as Christians... But to, according to Jesus, who will the Holy Spirit convict in this verse? 
the world. So it's not only Christians that the Holy Spirit will teach what's right, what's wrong, and the consequences of that, but the world. That's why my sister, we are four uh, uh, siblings in my family. It's only two of us that are Christians. My parents are not believers either. But my sister, I remember studying the Bible with her, trying to help her to see the Savior that I know. And we studied the Bible. And that is why she, when we study the Word of God, she says to me, with no faith in God, with no uh, relationship with Jesus, uh, she says, Don, I know that I might not live the life that I ought to live. That's why you're friends. That's why you, before you became a Christian, that's why I, before I became a Christian, I did things, and the conscience spoke to me and said, Don, this is not the right thing to do. I believe all of us have experienced this. This is when the, the, when the character of God, when the truth, when the Bible, when the word of God is lifted up, when you see a picture of Jesus, either through a sermon, either through a personal Bible study, or you might hear a testimony from someone, or you might hear a piece of music. Whenever a human heart comes in contact with the word of God, there is a power just as invisible as the wind working on that human heart. It's the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhood, working on humans, appealing to them to follow what they just heard from the Word of God. It's called conviction. It's when God speaks to our conscience. In that situation, you and I, as Christians, want to have, want to be able to recognize the effects of the working of the Spirit. We cannot see the Spirit, but we might see the effects of it. And we are, when we see that, we are to be there with our friends and help them to follow the, the appeal of the Holy Spirit. Do you follow what I'm trying to say? That's our practical role when we share Bible uh, truth with our friends. To be a friend, reach out an arm and say, I have been there. I have made this decision. Come, let's pray. Let's do this together. Okay? In Steps to Christ, we read, like the wind, which is invisible, yet the effects of which are plainly seen and felt is the Spirit of God in its working upon the human heart. That re regenerating power, which no human eye can see, begets a new life in the soul. It creates a new being in the image of God. While the work of the Spirit is silent and imperceptible, uh, its effects are manifest. And that's what we're looking for. We will notice, we will see in, in, the, in the faces of the ones we study with, in, in, the, in the way that they talk, in their eyes, we will see that they are going through conviction. They are hearing the voice of the Creator. 
the Holy Spirit is working upon their heart. And here we need to be a friend. This is not the time. So when we see someone going through conviction, when we see tears coming through down their, 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 their faces, this is not the time to come up and say, hey, I, I've told you for 10 years, and I, and I follow Jesus. Now do this. Now just make the decision. Now that's not what we ought to do. This is the place. You know, to make a decision to follow God, to follow the will of God, in contrast to following your own selfish desires, that is hard in itself. You don't need to have a friend to come there and make it harder. Okay? This is not the time to push people down and say, I told you, now you get it. You know what's true now. This is the time when you come to them as a friend. You, t you reach out your hand and you tell them, I have been there. I know how it is. I know it's a struggle. It's a fight. All oh, this decision that you are about to make, let's do it together. Let's pray. Do you follow? That's the kind of appeal you do in the end of a Bible study. That's the kind of, of, of plea from your heart, and better yet, from the heart of God, to follow the working of the Spirit. Practically, some of these signs... might be tears, as we talked about. I remember the first time I saw someone going through a conviction. Of course, I myself went through it, but I did not understand how to be a friend in, the, in when someone else going through, are going through conviction. I remember my own conversion, but I had a hard time in helping others in the same situation. I was preaching in a church early after my baptism, I was just simply sharing my testimony. And after that, and I did not understand conviction, but after that, I, I was standing in, in, uh, outside the meeting hall there, and people came out, and one man came there with tears in his eyes, and he just came up to me, took my hand, and he said, Don, I am not living a Christian life. I was afraid when I saw this man for the first time. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what he was going through. I was thinking, this is an adult, grown-up man standing here crying. What do I do? I didn't do anything. I just shook his hand. I didn't say anything. I was just in, in shock. And he passed out. Uh, or he, he, he went out. <laughs> Sorry. He went out, maybe he passed out later, I don't know. But anyway, my point is, we need to know what people are going through. We need to understand that we are not alone in this world. The Spirit of God is here. God is at work. And whenever you share the Word of God, He will be there helping you in this work. Conviction, we need to understand. I could have st stood there and understand what I understand today, and I could have told my friend, friend, what Whatever you're going through, whatever your situation is, follow what God tells you to do. Let's pray together. Let's do this together. Do you follow me? I could have done something to help this person to make the right 
decision. Um, these are some examples of what people, what you might see in people, uh, and that uh, and which can be uh, a sign of conviction of the working of the Spirit upon a human heart, human being. Tears we already discussed, and I will tell you an amazing story just to bring out the importance of understanding how to reach people's heart. At Lifestyle TV, we we invite um, evangelists and speakers from all around the world to help us in this ministry, to come there and do uh, meetings and, and, and programs. Mark Finley was there and Louis Torres came there. And I, of course, as a Bible worker, took the chance and said, Mark, Louis, would you come out and uh, meet my friends that I studied the Bible with? And you give the Bible study. I look and, and learn. Okay? So we went out for, and met different people. And I'll tell you this. From all of my hours in seminars and, and Bible school and workshops like this, getting information and practical tips and tools, I have not learned as much as I did during those hours of being mentored by people experienced and know how to help people to Jesus. If you have a friend like that, if you have that opportunity, follow your pastor, follow an evangelist, follow a Bible worker, follow a friend, find them and, and, and be mentored by them and see how they react and act. This is how Jesus did, right? He taught, he, he taught his disciples through, through teaching and through information, but he taught, took them with him and he met people and showed how he ministered to them and then he told them to go out and do the same thing, right? Simply... He said, follow me, follow my example. Anyway, I, I remember Louis Torres and I, we were meeting this guy in the same age as me. Louis was there and he's like three times as old as, as this guy. And, and I was thinking uh, that I need to prepare Louis for this because I, I know this guy and, and we are in the same age, same culture, the same uh, background. And, and I just need to prepare Louis to, to, to be able to minister to this guy. So I told him everything I know about him. He doesn't believe in the Bible. Uh, he has a Catholic background, cultural Christianity. He broke his knee. He was a a professional basketball player, but now his life is just broken and he wants to find something else and we have gotten to start to study the Bible together. Now, Louis, uh, you should start to talk about, you know, believing in God or the credibility of the Bible. And uh, I was driving and Louis was sleeping <laughs> and, and I was thinking that I was about to mentor him and I just became silent after a while and said, and we came up to this guy and this happens. Louis opens the Bible after this small talk that we just talked about. Five minutes of getting to know each other. He opens the Bible to a verse oh, in, first, in the epistles of John somewhere. The, um, I don't know the reference, sorry. But he opens the Bible to this verse that says, The one who has the Son has eternal life. Do you recognize that verse? Where is that? Thank you. Uh, so... He opens that verse, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, are we going to read the Bible now? <laughs> so I always trust Louis. And he 
Adrian reads that verse, and Louis asks this, So Adrian, who has eternal life? And he says, well, the one that has the son. Um, and that's Jesus, Louis says. And Adrian says, yeah, yeah, I see that. So Louis says, so do you have Jesus? And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, oh, this is not what he, he doesn't even believe in the Bible. Okay, start somewhere else. Okay, and Adrian says, no, I don't have Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Louis, and he's like, so do you want eternal life? I'm looking at Louis, and I'm looking at Adrian. Now, what, what will he say? Adrian says, nope, I don't want eternal life. I'm thinking for myself, oh, I, this guy is not who I've heard he is. <laughs> so I said, what shall he do now? Now, what would you do? You're sitting there with a friend and trying to share the Bible with a person doesn't even believe in God and does not even want eternal life. What would you do? Do you know what Louis did? Oh, it's so simple, yet so complicated. Because it's, it, takes, um, it takes experience of reading people, knowing how to reach them, in knowing the human nature, timing, know what to say and when to say it. This is what Louis did. Friend is saying, I don't want eternal life. I'm looking at Louis. He says this, I know. I know that you do not want eternal life in sin. I know that you don't want to live the life that you live today forever. You know what Adrian does? He has, this, this is this big guy, tall basketball player, muscles and tattoos. He's sitting there. He starts to cry. He starts to cry and he says this, you're right. You're right. I don't want to live the life that I live today forever. This is five minutes into the Bible study. This is five minutes after this guy has met this person for the first time. And now Louis shares the gospel. There is another life with no broken knee with no sickdom, with no girlfriend leaving you, with no broken families, with no sorrow or death. There's another life from God. He shares the gospel. My friend is sitting there crying. That is a sign that the Spirit of God is moving. And now you need to take the chance. Follow Jesus Follow the working of the Spirit. That's or what we need to do there. Now, you and I, we cannot go out and copy this. I cannot go to the next person. I, I, I have only one Bible study prepared now, and that will convert everyone. And I oh, read this, so who has eternal life? You follow me? I cannot do that. Because this takes, um, this takes uh, experience of being out there, working with people, reading them, knowing how to reach different people at different times, and you will get that experience, not by sitting here in a workshop, but by being out there, 
fighting with 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 uh, understanding and, and and questions of how do I reach this person? How do I answer that? How do I help this person? You will pray for people, and you will grow, and you will learn how to reach human hearts. But there is some things that we need to understand in order to do that, and that is conviction, the working of the Spirit. Now, we will not learn to swim on land, right? We need to go into the water and learn to swim there. That's why we are encouraged here to go out and be involved in this ministry and and, uh, mission of sharing Bible with others. Please do that. Let's continue to, to look into some of these things. Maybe they will have peace or happiness. That, that means you might see in their face that it, it, their faces, they, it, they light up. It's a change in their eyes. Um, I remember one girl, we had Bible study group. We invited her there. She was uh, so hard to read. She was sitting there in the Bible study group like a stone face. I can like poker face, have you, you know? It was just no emotion, not, no effect, nothing. I couldn't see anything. So I was like, and she was like that the first time, the second time, weeks. She was sitting there, not touched at all by the appeals, by the, uh, apparently, I couldn't see anything, and the Bible studies. And one day, God led me to share a topic upon how to deal with fear. It had helped me, and I thought, this group might need that. Let's do that. And I prayed, and I prepared a study. I came there. She was there. We, we studied through, stone face, poker face, all the way through until the appeal. I made the appeal, and I saw in this, this lady's face, looked like she became 10 years younger. She just lit up, smiling. Peace came over her. You could see it. She almost like she changed color. I, I was thinking, this is it. Now I need to make the personal appeal for this person. I did it. Today, she's a baptized Seventh-day Adventist, active in my local church. Now, timing and the personal direct appeal, the question, should come... Uh, when you see these effects of the working of the Spirit. It might, uh, it might be that they just draw closer. They can't stay away. Uh, they just need to book up a Bible study. They just want to be there. This is a positive sign. Uh, um, one, uh, one family I studied with, the mother draw in her... She was like dragging in her, her teenage uh, son... Uh, into the Bible study, to the kitchen table. I was sitting there, and he came in there. He was maybe 17, 18 years old. And he was dragged in there uh, with this attitude of rebellion. He was having this um, jacket with, with, with metal all over and, and big diamonds in his uh, ears and a lot of necklaces. His whole, his whole appearance was screaming, Rebellion. He was like sitting there like this. And we started to study the Bible. This was the first study. So I shared a wonderful prophecy from Daniel chapter 2. So we started the Bible study. And throughout that hour, this guy sitting like this, 
moved like this. Huh? Huh? And in the end, he sat like this with a Bible in front of him. Huh? Following along in the Bible study, this is the drawing close, showing interest. This is the working of the Spirit of God, touching something in that human's life that is appealing, that draws them closer to the Word of God and Jesus. I made an appeal, and this guy today is one of the most effective evangelists in, 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 in my local uh, church back in, in Malmö, Sweden, ministering, giving Bible studies, helping people in his, in his old fellow group of fellowship uh, into our saving relationship with Jesus prepared for his second coming. Not because of me, but because of the word of God and the working of the Holy Spirit. Cooperation with God is understanding, conviction, seeing the signs, asking the question, reaching out a hand and say, hey, come, I've been there, let's go together, okay? Uh, maybe they avoid you, they cancel study, this happens a lot, this might be a sign of conviction. People might feel that when the light came to the world, people wanted to be in darkness because in the light, their dark ways are seen, right? So they are going away from, from the truth, going away from fellowship with Christians, trying to avoid, I remember an extreme example, uh, 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 once again, uh, another uh, guy dragged into... Uh, this uh, we had some um, prophetic seminars uh, of evangelistic meetings, and um, I was standing out there in the hall waiting uh, for people to go through and just greeted them, and uh, in comes this uh, this uh, uh, lady with her son again, almost dragging him too into this meeting, and just in front of the meeting hall. Door, he looks up and sees the preacher. He jumps up and turns around and runs down the stair into the basement of the church. Now I see that and I say, well, I'll follow him. Okay? I knew this lady. She was a Pentecostal friend of mine drawing uh, that I studied with and she wanted to have her son into those meetings. So I said, I'll talk to him. So I go down the stairs and he comes up boom, running uh, past me and running out from the church. And I'm thinking, I'm going to help him. So I run out there. And if you are a Bible worker, you get to know our city quite well. You know all the streets and all of the different uh, areas. So I see that he's running that direction. So I think if I run this direction, we will meet eventually. So I run another direction after him. And uh, sure enough, in the corner of a street, we almost run into each other. Boom. And he's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I'm like, um, well, I'm just taking a walk. <laughs> no, I just told him, well, I saw you running out from the church, and I thought maybe I could help with something. So we start to walk, he starts to talk, and, and um, I just listen to him, and as I know this city, I'm directing our steps back to the church. Okay? So walking there, listening, and he's talking, eventually we come up to the church, and he looks up at the sign, and I look at him, and I think, no, here we go again. <laughs> So I say, I tell him, well, we don't need to go into the meeting. We can go into the 
basement of the church and sit and continue our talk. And he says, yeah, let's do that. Now we go down there and eventually I don't know what to say. This is an intelligent young guy that tells him, uh, that says that he's agnostic. He says, I, I don't want to have anything to do with, with God. He has been raised a Pentecostal, so he knows Christianity. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm praying, God, what shall I do? How shall I help him? I know it's conviction. He's, he goes through. He knows what's, what's tr true. He, know, he knows what to do. How can I help him right now? I don't have anything to say, but praise God, he has something to say. All of a sudden, we hear a voice. Now, this is a true story. Someone turns on the speakers in the room that we sit in <laughs> that are connected up to the meeting hall. So we hear the preacher down there. So in the beginning, I think, oh, this is an angel, but it was, I recognized the preacher eventually. That's what's happening. We hear this voice, and this goes on. Right after I have prayed, God helped me to say something. It goes on. Preacher says, don't, uh, it's Don McIntosh, if you know him. He, he says, there is a God. That's the first thing he says. <laughs> And he's telling his testimony. If, every, if ever you have heard Don McIntosh's test testimony, it involves a story about how Don came to a camp meeting, felt conviction and said, I don't want to go in here, ran away through the forest. A guy follows him, chasing him. That's the story he's telling. When the speakers go on, there is a God. And then he tells this experience. When, this, when he's done with that testimony, speaker just goes off. My friend sits like this. <laughs> I sit like this. I'm looking at him. The only thing I can say is this. There is a God. Follow whatever he tells you right now. Please, his name it was, uh, is... David, David, let's do that tonight. Let's give our heart to Jesus. You know what's important. You know what to do. Let's take this slow. Let's start study together. Let's take this journey. He starts to cry. And he runs into the bathroom, locks him in there. And that's the end of, of that story. I still work with him because I have seen conviction. I'm still a friend. This is five years ago. I still have contact with him. He has not made, not made that decision yet. But I believe that Jesus has his timing. And he knows, my friend, he knows where to go. Because I'm there. I'm not on him all the time. But he has my phone number. We have contact on Facebook, on email. He knows where I am. He knows where to go whenever he's ready. So don't give up. Work with people. Find conviction. See that thing. You know, I believe that God, in a mighty way, in this situation, put an effort into helping my friend. We need to be there also, working together with them. The Holy Spirit is working. They might be twisting in the chair. You, you, you will see that. You know, you, will, you have experienced that yourself. You listen to a sermon and you start, well, this is... Uh, talking about me, right? You hear a sermon and, oh, this is me. And you just, ah, look for that, okay? If you see a friend, especially in a personal Bible study, that's your time. 
That's your timing. Be there. Make the appeal. Tell them. You don't need to say, oh, I know what you're going through now. Okay, follow. You follow like, like my example that I've always used. But you might then start to tell the story. Start to tell a testimony. Start to make an illustration that brings this even closer to their heart. And then you say, so what would keep you, my friend, of following Jesus on, in this area of your life? And then you wait. That's the practical simple question you ask what would keep you you don't ask follow because if you they then they don't think if you ask what would keep you then they start to think yeah what would keep me right and they will think for themselves and it becomes their own personal decision their own personal faith and desire instead of just not thinking it through and just following because they think it's uncomfortable and they get want to get out of there, okay? That's a practical tip of, of what to, to ask them. Um, they might ask questions and all of these uh, uh, different uh, things. Let's continue. This is our, our, our practical role in there. You simply have to help them to make the right decision in any way. Ask a question. Ask them to follow Christ what would keep you from, and then fill in the blanks. Be silent after the appeal. We talked about this. Let the Spirit of God work. Just leave them in the silence and wait until they answer. And um, if they have a question, if they say, yeah, what would keep me? And they think, yeah, you know, if I stop working on Sabbaths, I don't think I'll make it with my family, providing for them. What you do then is not to say to them, well, you just follow the truth, okay? But here you point them to promises of God, promises from the Word, or how God has helped, uh, promised to help people that if, if we focus on the kingdom of God, He will give us everything else. He will provide for us. This is where you tell this story, an encouraging story of how God helped you in a financial situation, or whatever specific question or ob objection that you're dealing with, point them to the Word of God. If you have covered something, and they, they still have an objection that you have covered, go back and say, in the yeah, well, you remember in the Bible study where we looked at that verse there? Let's go back there and look at that again. You point them to the Word of God, showing that you have your faith and your trust in a divine power a creator that is helping you and he will be able to help your friend too that's the attitude that's what you do in these situations of 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 of, of, of um, conviction and making the appeal of course once again be kind and loving In Evangelism, page 484, this is our final quote or final thought from this workshop. And then White says, While the claims of the law of God are to be presented to the world, we should never forget that love, the love of Christ, is the only power 
that can soften the heart and lead to obedience. In the critical moments of going through conviction, it's about choosing to follow the will of God, the law of God, the claims of the Bible, or following my own desires. In that critical moment, there is one thing that works. That is the love of Jesus. That you are there as a friend, showing, pointing them to the Lamb of God and salvation through Him, through being a support, reaching out that hand, encouraging them, pointing to promises, own experiences, and invite them to follow Jesus together with you. That's your role in sharing the divine word with human hearts. This is how we reach them, with the love of Jesus. Now, thank you so much for attending this workshop. And I hope that some of us have gained some practical tips and tools, and especially inspiration and encouragement to be involved in this. Now, I would want to give an opportunity of the last minutes here to, for you to ask some questions, and maybe we'll have some answers together. Questions, uh, I think we have a 10-minute. Otherwise, this is my email address at Lifestyle TV. If you want to contact me in any way, asking some questions or uh, contacting me for notes or anything, actually, we promised to... I promise, do we have a sheet of paper where I can just, where you can write your email addresses if you want to have my PowerPoints and have those notes so I can send them to you if, if yeah, if you can help us with that. Thank you, sister. Uh, otherwise, you will contact me on this. It's dm at lifestyletv.se if you have other questions that we cannot cover during this time here. Otherwise, open for questions and our sister will pass out a sheet of paper where you can write your uh, email if you want uh, me to send you more material. Questions about the topic that we have shared? Yep. Yeah. Oh, good. How do you? get into a spiritual conversation with them. Now I have a very practical uh, tool and appeal for you. And that is this. You go home. You know, when I, before that, when I became a Christian, people noticed. Uh, they were saying, Dan, something has happened. What is this? The personal testimony that I shared earlier here of, of living the Word of God to create an interest in the Word of God, I believe will work. But sometimes, for some of us that have been Christians for a while, for me, seven years, um, you might know people, neighbors and people around you, that you might not have been that active in trying to help, right? In your, like I think in, in, in your case, you have not found that opportunity. I have a practical tip for you if you're in that situation, and that is this. You do this. You go back from GYC. You go home. And you make sure that your family, that your friends, they know and they notice and they see 
that GYC was an amazing experience. You might go to your friend and say this, you know, friend, <laughs> we have never talked about my faith or religion, but I just attended this conference and got so inspired and, and, and got some, such a confidence in the faith that I have. Can't we meet and talk about these things? Will you say, have you ever read the Bible? I, I read the Bible every day, and I, I, I'm sad to say I've never told you what I get from there, but are you interested in ever discussing these things? You know, friends that have confidence in you, they will answer positively to those kinds of que uh, uh, direct questions more often that we believe, than we believe. They, might, they, might, they will answer positively to a direct question of discussing your faith more often than, than you will uh, imagine. That's just an appeal to any one of you. Try to just use GYC as a tool like that. Just say, you might even say this. I did this with my sister. You know the Bible study I did with her? I did this. You know, I, you know, I came back for this Bible school from America. And I said this to my sister. And we, 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 we were taught how to uh, share the Bible in Bible studies with others. Can I practice on you? <laughs> yeah? And that's my sister. We are quite close. So she was like, yeah, let's do that. And I shared the word of God not as information, not as a practice, but what it means to me. I give a Bible study. I make an appeal. And that's where I had this experience that I told you about. Do you follow me? So, so do some kind of, there's just some practical tips to try this. Otherwise, it is that thing. I, I would love to, when I go to church, and I told some friends here, I, I normally do, I, can, I do the, some seminars about how to get contact with people, how to lead them into actually having the Bible study. That's actually a very relevant topic how they end up there, how, sitting down with them. Now I know how to share, but how do they even get there? Okay? So, but the core thought there from, from me is live the Word of God to create an interest in the Word of God. Be aware. Find those moments to invite them. It might, just, it might not be that thing to just say, okay, let's study the Bible. Do you want to do that? But it might be this. This was a good ex discussion that we had. You, ha you have, might have discussed some, some spiritual thing, and you say, this, I like this discussion. Can't we meet in, during the week and continue this? Did you follow that? And then you meet. You have not said anything about Bible study, but you come there prepared with a Bible study. And you say, hey, friend, uh, I prepared to show just a few verses from, from the Bible where I get my faith to just show what I think about this topic that we talked about. Do you follow? So, so that's, that's uh, basically, that's actually many of the people that I've started to study the Bible with is through that kind of conversation. Just in the hall of a meeting, discussing something, and then say, well, let's meet this week and continue this discussion. I'll take my Bible, you, and we, meet, we can meet here in church or at your place and continue this discussion. Do you follow? That's a good... Thing. I hope that helps in some way. Live the word, word of God to create an interest in the Word of God. They will see, hey, you're not eating what others eat. Hey, you're behaving peacefully in this stressful situation. What is that? Where does this come from? Yeah? And when they come there with an open heart searching, you tell them, hey, I will, I will be glad to show you. Let's meet sometime and go through that. Good question. Thank you. Other questions? Yeah? What should I do? Questions that we are going to 
discussed it in lecture, Bible studies, or the answer is too long, and we don't have time. Yeah. Uh, if they have too many questions during a Bible study. Yeah. Well, I would continue to, to do that. Um, I mean, I met a lady. She had lots of questions. And I just simply asked her, hey, you have so many questions. This is great. There's a lot of similar questions that I had when I started to study the Bible. I want to go through them together with you. I want, let's, let's do this. Take a sheet of paper, an A4. Write down all of your questions on this paper and bring them with you next week. And let's start with uh, one at a time. That's what I told them, and then we went back to the study and just went through that. That's one tip. But otherwise, what I do, if people have many questions, I continue saying that. Uh, if they have a question, I say, yeah, that's a good question. If it's short, I cover it directly, as I said. If it's a long thing, I, I know it will take longer time, I say, hey, I'll prepare a study about that too. You know or, or actually, I have a plan that this is something we'll cover later. I promise that we'll get back to that. Okay? So throughout these, um, what do you call them, cliffhangers or <laughs> teasers, that yeah, they will look, look forward to the time with you. Uh, did that help in any way? Or if they have a lot of questions? Yeah. Uh, simply, yeah. Otherwise, I, this has also happened. We've, we just meet uh, with a kind of a question and answer Bible study. They bring their questions, and we find the answers in the Bible. That, I, did, I do that sometimes with, with people, because they have a lot of questions, and we just go through some of these questions wherever they are. That's actually a quite learning and, and exciting type of Bible study. Uh, yeah. You get into topics that you have never thought about. <laughs> okay, other questions? Thank you. Yeah. Did I say she was an atheist? I don't remember that. Sorry. She. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that's right. No, she had just broken up with her. Um, this is her story, and this is normally where you find people in, in, when they are down somewhere. They want to see something else in the world. Now, she had a friend in, in our church, a Christian friend, in, um, in, an Adventist friend. And through that friend, uh, we, um, we helped this, uh, this girl because she had just broken up with his, her boyfriend. She was just down, and they were good friends. And she said, well... This might help. This has helped me, and that is my relationship with God. Why don't you try to take a chance, just look into these things? So in the beginning, it was basically, you know, it was one of the most strange Bible studies because, you know, I go through Daniel 2 and, and all of these amazing things. I go through uh, uh, Great Controversy and all of these things, and it's basically like it feels like sharing just facts because she's like blocked, but she's coming and just listening. Okay, this is what they believe. Do you follow? So it was... Because it felt strange. How can she not see this? Daniel 2? Do you follow? It's like, uh, what do I do? But we just continued and continued and continued. And was, what, what, what drew her was just the interest of understanding Christianity and, and, and her friend's faith. That's why she came there. You might find people like that. 
that maybe I, I, I did that with a Muslim. Just we sat down and we studied. He shared just almost like dry, this is Islam. And I was like sharing, of course, trying to, to reach his heart. But it felt more like because his questions and all this, like, this, okay, this is Christian, do you follow? But, but that might help you planting seeds. Uh, God will work. E- listen, even though you go from a Bible study, and this has helped, ha- happened many times for me, with, you go from a Bible study and you think, why did I say that? And did, this did, did not go well. It felt just, ah, oh, the appeal oh, didn't work. Do you follow? You will go from the Bible study and feel like that and think like that. But listen, God can bless that Bible study. God can bless a bad Bible study, but he cannot bless uh, no Bible study. <laughs> do you follow that? All right? Go out there. Do these things. Learn. Um, God has called us to be out there, be faithful. He will be responsible for the success. Share the word of God. The Spirit of, the, Spirit of, of the Holy Spirit is the one converting people. It's not you. You're called to share the word of God. It's up to God to convert a person. It's not up to you, right? Thanks for that question. Yeah? That's good. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good question. And and it's not that it's not that you're stupid, brother. It's it's it should be uh, because I, I I I did not share in a clear and practical way how to do that. Uh, I'll I repeat it again and try to say how it is. What you do is this: in the end of the Bible study, you have covered what you want to cover. You you make a summary or a conclusion about the topic. You have studied the controversy between good and evil. You summarize that for your friend. You say this, friend, have you seen that the Bible? teaches that you and I, we are involved in this great controversy between Christ and Satan. And you know, we have, this is something that we all experience. There are not only life in this world, but there is death. There is not only happiness, but there is sorrow in this world. All of us experience this thing, that there is good and bad, right? They say, right. And you say, friend, Jesus calls us to make a decision on what side we want to be in this battle. Now, I made my decision seven years ago to be on Christ's side, to follow the loving way of Jesus instead of my selfish way. Now, what would keep you from making the same decision? That last phrase of the question is simply the appeal. The other thing that I did before is to build up, or you can do that through a story, through an illustration, or whatever it is, to, to just explain your own testimony, how it is, what it meant, has meant for you or someone else to bring this topic to their heart. And then the appeal is simply the question. You might not need, do the first thing, but do the last thing of asking them to take, make a decision based upon the information that they, you have just covered. That's the important part. They will have that question in their mind, even though they say, no, I'm not ready now. Even though they might reject that question, they will think about that. My brother became a Christian one year before me. 
three, during three years we lived together, he tried to minister to me, he tried to witness to me. He didn't see anything in my face or in my uh, discussion with him that, that showed that I was affected by this. But listen, I've told him today, I've told my Christian friends, what you did during those three years, I was thinking about those things. When I fell asleep, I was thinking, that makes sense. They are thinking people, and they are believing in God. How, how can I get this together? Make the appeal, witness to people, throw the question out there. Uh, that's just um, the practical part of an appeal. It's simply a question. What would keep it from following this? We, have, we are over time here. I will end with a last question here. Otherwise, please send me... Uh, questions, or otherwise we can talk afterwards uh, if, if you want that. I think we'll have something else on the schedule. But one last question down there. A good question. Is it always appropriate to give an appeal in the end of the Bible study? My simple answer is yes. I, I will say this. It's even, I would say this, it's even worse to give a Bible presentation, a sermon, or a Bible study and not give an appeal, oh, sorry, and not give an appeal, than to not even give that presentation. Did you hear me? Why did I say that? Because when you, share, when you hear your pastors preaching in church, when you hear someone sharing Bible truth, and, and you're, you see the love of Jesus, and you might be convicted, and you see, oh, yeah, I'm drawn towards Jesus and closer to him. I want to do something. I'm all, uh, but what do I do? And you never get the opportunity of specific what to do. What will happen then is that your heart will be hardened because you're not making the decision the first time you hear truth. The second time you hear the same truth and no appeal, no decision, you will be even more hardened. It will continue like that. And when... Mark Finley comes and preach, and he makes an appeal. Your heart will be so hard because you've heard the same thing so many times that you will not even uh, 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 heed to the promptings of, of the working of the Spirit of God. Do you follow that? It's even worse, I would say, to not make an appeal. And an appeal does not mean to need to be an altar call. It can be a general appeal. But specific appeals... Personal specific appeals are more efficient than general appeals. General appeals is this. Say, so how many in this room want to go to heaven? Raise your hand. That's a general appeal. Everyone will raise their hand. Okay? Specific appeal is when you have covered some kind of specific topic and you ask them, so what would keep you uh, from honoring God's seventh-day Sabbath? Maybe you have not paid attention so much to his uh, will concerning that thing. Maybe you know that you're not uh, keeping his Sabbath holy. Now if you hear the voice of God today calling you to be more faithful to Jesus because of the love that he has shown you and be that witness among friends around you, if you hear that voice of God calling you to honor his Sabbath, please stand up together with me. That's a specific appeal. Right? So, um, yeah, so the question, yes, I would say, I mean, it's basically, I would, 
every, it's, it, it's not about sharing information. It's about leading them to a relationship with Christ. And that involves decisions. Step by step through personal uh, uh, decisions, you will lead them into that. It's, if you only share information, 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 and they do not uh, make a decision based upon those in, that information, the best thing you have created is just a, a brain of, of, uh, of knowledge and not a heart of, of willingness of following Jesus. Right? So yes, I would say an appeal. It can be something very simple, like just a question like that. Don't need to be that what you normally think about an appeal where everyone just answers and an altar call or whatever it is, but make the appeal. That means, that is simple, invite them to follow Jesus. That's what it means to make an appeal. And that's what, why we give Bible studies. Thank you so much, uh, brothers and sisters. Let's uh, end with a word of prayer and continue with the program up there. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving you us your word, for having a relationship with you, for giving us salvation through Jesus Christ. Father, my prayer from the bottom of my heart is that every single one of us in this room will be involved in giving personal Bible studies to people around us. Father, Makes, make us faithful, make us efficient in sharing divine word with human hearts. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This message was recorded through a partnership between GYC and GYC Europe at the 2012 conference in Linz, Austria. GYC is supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.